0: You're listening to the Mac and Main Show.
1: We're on to Cincinnati. On 98.1 WQAQ. You believe in miracles? Yes! Yeah. It's out of here! Bartolo has done it!
0: The soundtrack of Quinnip Block.
1: Y'all, I never find Wayne, I never find Drake. All my life, man, i safe. If I did, i a with him and let him eat, let him eat like a cupcake. My man, fool, he'd just eight, I don't duck nobody but tape. Yeah, that was a setup for a punchline on duct tape. W- w- worry about if my butt fake. Worry, wait about John I straight. D- these girls are my sons, John John and Kate, plus eight. When I walk in, sit up straight. I don't give a f if I was late. Tinna with my man on a G5 is my idea of an update. Hut hunt one, Hut hunt big Big butt too. that was real this was really not real- anything
0: that i planned <laughs> just a total total guess on you know whatever the sequencer had
1: lined up so yeah i mean uh i mean i don't know I, I don't know if anyone's expecting me to come here either because usually this is obviously the mac and main show but i guess today jack it's the the the, the main and, and kerr show or the current main, main, current main, current main, show. main show yeah I yeah mean, uh,
0: Jeez, it's, it feels weird you know we're sitting in the studio here at eight p m on a Monday night. This hasn't been the case at any point this year uh and I and you know the plan was to come in you know top of the hour we're we're four minutes late we apologize, but um
1: I had but, some business on my end too <laughs> to two, i apologize to uh Jack was late because of me not because of jack um
0: so. i you know I, I planned you know we're gonna have a good you know uh, the 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 intro that you guys usually hear isn't queued up into the computer you know the music is totally just out of the world Nicki minaj which i absolutely could not stand i tried to get chris brown queued up and it just didn't happen oh
1: no that's um, tough so
0: now this show is just off to a rocky start <laughs> and now i'm just thrown off you know hey what hey, I'm saying?
1: hey it can only go up from here it can they only say. get
0: better from here guys this is 98.1 wqaq this soundtrack at quinnipiac and you are listening to the mac and main show here it is a monday night at 8 p.m guys for the first time all year we are live in studio. Steve McAvoy could not be here. He had to attend to a personal matter tonight. So in his place, we have Eric Kerr, newly appointed class of 2022 president. Uh, also my roommate. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he has a show on uh, Monday nights at 7 p.m. and one. He hosts that with John Surratt, the web manager here at uh, WQAQ. Uh, and on that show, they mostly talk about basketball. And it happens to coincide with the fact that the nba finals is set and is going to happen uh that that series is going to tip off on wednesday night so uh it it you know if there was a week where steve had to sit out you know it would be tonight because we would just have eric kerr come on and preview the series anyway right. and uh now we can do it live in studio instead of having to pre-record so right. this this you know ended up working pretty well
1: exactly and also uh, john and i also had previous commitments at seven which is why we weren't able to have our show this week and one but I guess you get the best of both worlds with one of us, each of us on uh, the eight o'clock hour. So and can't really complain, you right? Got
0: him, you, we got him on the Mac and Main show. We, do you even have an intro in here? Do you know?
1: Uh, we haven't made our intro, but I usually right. like right. you know. Well, I usually then, just get us hyped up. Well, then I'll for, tell
0: you what. Well, as as the show programming manager, we'll make sure that you get an intro. All right, that's but, a deal. Um, I th- I, we want to start off the show here by talking about the uh, the Celtics and Heat series. Eric and I are both big Celtics fans, and. You know, we watched basically every single game.
1: No, we did watch we every, every single, single game. game. <laughs> we watched every single
0: game. We watched every yeah. single game, tip to tip to final.
1: Yeah, up until probably the six. The Sixers started, right? Yeah, we were I, watching well, every well, game.
0: What we got on campus during the during I got the start on, of the I playoffs. On, I got on campus. Well, you got on campus really early because you went OL. Yes, I got on campus. A little bit after you, so I got on campus after the Sixers series wrapped up. I think it was two games into the, into the, uh, yeah, um, that actually sounds about right into the other series, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. series with Toronto. And so, uh, we watched the end of this, we watched the end of the Toronto series, uh, and then we watched all of the Heat series, and we're probably gonna watch all of the, uh, all of the finals as well. So, uh, the, the ups and downs of this, of the playoffs for the Boston Celtics were at its peak, some of the best basketball we've seen them play in the Tatum Brown uh hayward era and at the worst it was some of the poorest celtics basketball that i have ever seen even in the avery bradley jay crowder days like it was some (laughs) there was some bad bad like i was thinking dang jared sullinger gotta come off the bench right now because i mean it's just not happening for the celtics so the real ups and downs of the series they showed um but you know it, it took it took all all basically all all of games six for the heat to win up until you know the final two minutes when the game just became uncompetitive so uh eric i want to ask you right now how disappointed are we in the celtics this postseason
1: i'm honestly not that disappointed i i told you this the other day you know yesterday i was because obviously it's bitter and sucks when your team loses in any sport in the playoffs Uh, but i will say this too i feel like the celtics I was impressed for them even making it that far. I was not sure if they're going to make it out of the, uh, conference semifinals and considering with, you know, the state where they were at with Toronto, where they could have almost lost that series in, in seven games. Um, you know, I, I was, I was surprised that they made it that far. Cause I thought the bucks were going to give, you know, any team a, a tough time in the East, but obviously the heat proved that statement wrong or proved any thought of that being wrong. Um, so I wasn't, I actually wasn't that disappointed. Um, I think the Celtics are just like a couple key pieces away from really being that next level team. I didn't think they were going to make it out of the East. I had my eyes on the bucks the whole way. The heat surprised me with that, but I think the heat also were a little bit better of a team and the series proved it too. Um, You know, there are times where the Celtics were up, uh, especially games one and games two, where we both watched and we saw them build a big lead and we're like, oh yeah, the Celtics are playing well. Like this is a good start to the series. And then they just lost it. They, they let the heat come back both those games Give them a 2-0 lead. Hayward comes back. They take game three. Oh yeah, maybe we can win now. And then it's just really hard to come back when you're down two-zero in any series. Nuggets have done it, but I think the keys are just a twice. little bit more talented than the, any teams that the Nuggets played uh, at this point in the the bubble. Yeah,
0: I think that you know, as a as a as a more casual Celtics fan than you, it's you know, it, it's obviously disappointing to watch your team you know fall off at any point in the season. You know. Uh, for me i'm i'm my 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 loyalty will always lie within the Boston Red Sox
1: and to watch them go from
0: one of Wait, the Wait, I'm going to
1: stop you there real quick. You you were rooting for them to lose the other day.
0: Yes, for draft positioning.
1: <laughs> but to
0: see them go from one of the greatest single seasons in MLB history to one of the worst seasons in MLB history in two seasons, less than two seasons is so heartbreaking, and it's like, where did you? What happened between point A and point B that led you to this current position? And now, as a as a Red Sox fan, we begin that rebuild process that we know can take some teams almost a decade to complete. And finding the right pieces, Boston is now without a manager. You know they're without you know quality pitching. You know and we can talk about baseball another day, but yeah, you know. It doesn't matter if your season ends, you know, a week in or in the second or in the in the in the final round of the playoffs. You know, it's it's so disappointing to watch a team in a city that you that you root for just kind of fall off. Even if the Celtics were the underdog in any given situation, they were still a team that was fun to watch. And I think more so than watching the the Celtics play quality basketball every single week was watching Jason Tatum's son, Deuce. On the sideline, <laughs> playing with his iPad. I will and miss that. Yeah. Pulling up signs. I think that, you know, he kind of became the spirit animal of the Celtics, you know, during this last playoff round.
1: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, uh, shout out to Deuce. Uh, definitely, you know, even though he was uh, had the, you know, he was catching some Z's a little bit during the game he was getting a little tired, I think he was definitely a good spirit animal for them for sure. Uh, but, you know, to your point about Tatum, I think Tatum uh, had some good games for sure, but I think especially what killed him in a couple of those last two games is that he was very slow to start out very slow. I think games five and six, he started out offers and he, the game, the, especially in game six, it did take him until the third quarter to finally get his first field goal from the field game six. He picked it up a little bit quicker, but it would have been so much of a difference if he would actually start earlier in that game too. It would have given him a bigger lead and it would have made it hard for the heat to make that comeback in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you right there. You know, we watched Jason Tatum, uh, you know when he was playing at his best you know he was on for four quarters when he yeah. when you know when when in the games that they lost he wasn't scoring until halfway through the third quarter that's yeah you know that's that's two-thirds of the game where Tatum is just not even you know he he's he's a war zero player I would rather have I would, have, I would rather have Robert Williams out there taking his place <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. you want to see the progression from Tatum you want to see him take the handles from the tip yeah and I say mean, i am the i am going to be the primary scorer on this team and in many yeah. cases he was but towards the towards the latter end of the towards the back end of their playoff right he just he just couldn't get it going yeah. until you know halfway through the game i think
1: this offseason is really going to help him uh he, again he is only a third year player so he's still got time to get a, a one or two more years of development in jalen brown probably has one more year of development in him before he's really much set where he's kind of at um so this will be a good summer for him to you know get in the gym get get his head right, you know get back to those forty fifty point per game numbers that he was crazily putting up uh before the the pandemic happened um and I think and you know maybe we'll take another all star appearance because that's what really set him into gear uh to play so so well and I think if he gets us you know some sort of accolade, some sort of recognition, it will just boost his confidence a little bit more to be able to go out and play better at the star of those games and Finish strong throughout, too, with the rest of the team uh, as well. I do – I kind of want to jump into something that I was thinking about earlier today. I know we kind of talked a little bit about Hayward uh, after game six, and you basically – I think you said something like, oh, Hayward, what a waste of his contract, something like that.
0: Oh, no, okay, all right. Um, I want to qualify. I wanna, okay, yeah, I yeah clarify correct your that, statement. I, I forgot exactly what you said. I but. said that while he was a waste of a – con, like, his yeah, his contract time, like he had the injury, you know, you can't prevent that kind of thing from happening – and then he broke his hand, and then he, you know, hurt his foot during this last playoff run. While you can't prevent that, the he was not he did not live up to the four year max contract that they gave him three years ago, and I think that that's where you have to say, well, now you're in a tough position where you're really going to have to convince somebody that Hayward is is a movable piece if you're looking to improve the team. Right. This so is I'm the, not saying he yeah. was a like as a player or as a person, any team would take him. The Celtics absolutely needed that guy as a leadership, as a as, as yep. a guy in a leadership role, but mm-hmm. in terms of his value and his contract, he just didn't live up to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does have one more year in his contract coming up. This is last year, and he's going to be 30 next year. Um, so, like, he still could fill that role as being, like, a good veteran player, good, good uh, role model for any team. And I actually... I know we like we're talking about Giannis at one point. I was like, "Yo, imagine if the Celtics got Giannis onto the reigning MVP. We just get him to come to Boston somehow." I'm thinking if if it happens at all, which I don't know if it would because of you know contract details and like you know salary caps for both sides. But here's kind of a trade that I th- sort of thought of on the spot as of today. Uh, so I'm thinking if the Celtics signed Giannis onto because this is last year and free and he's going on to free agency. They sign him. They get him a sign and trade, and they would give the Bucks Hayward and then Romeo Langford, who has a slot on contract, and it's a good young player for them that they could utilize, and then the next two first-round picks. So the Celtics have the 14th pick. They have the 28th pick. So I'm not sure if they'll give him two first-rounders. Maybe they might have to for Giannis, but they also could throw in a second-rounder in there as well. Um, I, I don't know what your thoughts are about, about that deal. I... Repeat it one more time. So, so let get Giannis the bucks receive Hayward, Romeo Langford, the 14th pick, first round, and then a second round pick.
0: I think that's a that's a, you got to pull the trigger on that. I you know when you are Boston Boston is in a unique position where they are one key piece away from moving on and possibly being better than the best team in the west. And that's a big ask. That's a big say. And that's a lot of pressure to be putting on that organization. But even if Giannis were to come and play in Boston for one year and he takes them to the finals, you aren't going to be mad at that. Because then when Giannis leaves, you still have Kemba and, and Tatum if he, signs, uh, if he signs again, which I believe he will, uh, and then Jalen as well. And that's yeah. the core of your team. And that, that core has proven that they can get you to the playoffs anyway. Just yep. look
1: at what happened with Toronto. Exactly. I think the other piece of that too is you got to convince the man to come. They, I know the Celtics were in talks with Kevin Durant way back when, when he was trying to sign for a team. And you know, obviously he ended up signing with the the Warriors. I think the Celtics were a decent candidate, but I also feel like they didn't have a strong enough roster at that point, because this was the Celtics that still had Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, like all those guys, like imagine Kevin Durant, like trying to go to that roster. He'd probably be thinking like, eh, like boston's a great sports city but like this is not really the team for me you know what i mean and then he made one of the weakest moves in in the history of right. professional sports yeah so. to my point which is probably a, a major factor that decreased his likelihood to come to boston but you know to your point when you say that I, uh, you know guys like the Celtics caster right now is already pretty good and the argument with the bucks is that that supporting cast has been good in the regular season but when it comes to the playoffs at times during series they don't show up Happened against the raptors like after the first two games and the preseason prior happened this year against the heat. But if you look at a team like Boston, like you can have Giannis build around Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice, uh, Robert Williams, he develops um, those guys. I think that that team would be one of the best defensive teams in the league. They'd be very, very hard to score. Yeah. against, And you've a guy like Giannis who's a superstar and could do almost anything out there on the floor. I think it's a great fit. Boston was
0: already a top five defensive team in the league this year. Yeah. And if you add the reigning defensive player of the year, Giannis is both the reigning defensive player We're and the MVP. MVP. So you add, you know, you you essentially add two unworldly talents on one team with one guy. Yeah. He's gonna take up one max slot yeah. instead of two. You have, you know, that is that is beyond that is beyond a great chance for Boston to go out and, and be the best team in the NBA, even if it's just for one season. You know, if it's for one season. They do well, and Giannis likes it in Boston. He might, might resign. come back. Yeah, but even in the even in the in the in the chance that he uh, that they win and they don't come and he doesn't come back, you still have that core that has taken you to the playoffs before. Exactly, and we are already drawing comparisons to Jason Tatum and his game being a lot like Kobe Bryant, which is a huge huge parallel to be putting Tatum up against. Yeah, but if he can get to that possible potential. That is a that is a Hall of Fame-worthy player that could be leading your franchise for the next 10 or 12 years.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one main issue uh, with that is if Giannis does come to Boston, then there's the the situation with, like, all right, who's going to be the main guy that dominates the ball touches? Because Tatum obviously is a playmaker. Kemba's obviously a playmaker. Jalen Brown is showing that he can be a playmaker. And you throw Giannis in there, too. It's going to be tough. I mean, you know, obviously, Brad Stevens is good at getting guys to adapt to the system. So if he can... Get them to kind of like, you know, uh, not have them touch the ball as much. when We play them before them with a the system pass and move the ball around a little bit better. It might work out in the long run. I think that
0: you can never have too many playmakers. Obviously, when you have playmakers, you have a lot of mouths to feed, right? That's the argument that we made. in when Kevin Durant signed with Golden State in that, you know, they are too many guys on that team are going to want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it work. They went to the finals three years in a row and won two of them with that squad. So, what's to say, Brad Stevens, who is a good coach, he's a player's coach, when good leadership with Kemba Walker and and uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you have guys there that aren't selfish, you know? We're looking at the Houston situation right now, where you have guys with James Harden and Russell Westbrook and... Uh, and rivers
1: yeah and uh, no coach right now either Yeah, and no coach like their coach literally
0: (laughs) had to leave because he couldn't control all the egos yeah you know that is a lot of mouths to feed who are demanding to be fed that's what that's what made golden state such a such a such a great program is that steve kerr was like you know what i don't care how much you want to touch the ball i don't care how much you want to shoot the like whoever's open gets the shot yeah you know that what that's what made that program work in golden state and i think brad stevens can replicate that because his players are always going to say he is a player's coach he wants us to win the game he'll yeah he'll 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 be the one that controls the lineup but at the end of the day he is going to be saying look y- your first option shouldn't be the one that you go with. You gotta look at your other options. Exactly. And you open up the floor with four playmakers on the floor.
1: Yeah, and if, you know, with Giannis, uh again, he played against the Heat, they obviously expertly had four guys crashing into Giannis whenever he tried to drive in the paint, so he would have to kick it out to somebody. But all they can do is just shoot threes. And if they're missing their threes, then it's not an effective strategy. But you can get guys like, you know, Tatum getting a pump fake up, drive him to the rim, drive, kick, drive, kick. Then mm-hmm. it creates a whole bunch of Openness for a lot of running around the defensive side. So, yeah, I mean, hey, hey, Giannis, if you're listening to 98.1 WQAQ, <laughs> hopefully this will convince you to come to Boston next year. <laughs> we'll, put it up, we'll put
0: it up. on the Twitter for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> b- w- before we move on, I want to I want to give you a crazy stat that Jacob Resnick sure told me. Throw it at me. Uh, so I want you to see if you can name the top two players in the league that led in uh, ISO plays per. Percentage of, um, like the biggest percentage of
1: ISO plays, uh, by two players. By two players. Yeah. All right. Well, James Harden's gonna be my number one guess. Okay. And then, see, I'm not gonna. I probably don't know if I want to go two Rockets players. I'll probably go with Giannis. Giannis and James Harden. No. Should
0: have gone with two Rockets
1: players. Uh, Giannis. I mean, Harden. Westbrook. Ro- Harden
0: and Westbrook are the two most iso calling players in the league and they're on the same team. Tell me right now that's wow. not an
1: ego problem. Yeah, it's an ego problem. That's an ego problem <laughs> right there.
0: And it's not even close, too. Yeah. I think I think they said James Harden calls iso plays almost 20% and then yeah. uh, Westbrook calls it like 14%.
1: The sole reason why they trade away Clint Capella was to have Westbrook have more space to drive on those ISO plays so yeah. they could have four guys standing out in the three-point line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it didn't oh, work. God, it didn't
1: work. <laughs> so that is that
0: is the key stat of the day. But um, we, we kind of got off on a, on a track there about the Celtics. But let's get back to the matter at hand in the present, and that is the NBA Finals. LeBron mm-hmm. James – remarkably for the 10th time in his career and the ninth time in the last 10 seasons is going to the NBA finals. He has missed the NBA finals once this past decade. Unbelievable. Whoa. And it was last year too. <laughs> <laughs> like, And he's
1: back. Yeah.
0: He just captured his first Western conference championship by, uh, by taking the Denver nuggets down in five games. Uh, and uh, in his path of destruction was the Houston Rockets And also, Portland.
1: Yes, all of them down in five games. All
0: of them down in five (laughs) games. I mean, just utter dominance from the King. Yes. And now he's on his way to his tenth finals, and what would likely be his fourth ring.
1: You. So you're that confident they're gonna win, dude? If you're
0: betting against LeBron James, (laughs) you are
1: in the wrong industry. Yeah, not this year. I mean, with Golden State, it's a different scenario, but like. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and all those veteran players on that team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the Heat have been hot, but uh, this is, their roster is just like doesn't really stack up. I mean, if you thought the Heat were deep, the Lakers are deeper, and they got <laughs> veterans, they got scores off that bench. Like they have Dion and Jr. Smith in there. Like, how the heck did they end up on that roster? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just tough. It, I'm with you, like lebron is playing like he's an mvp right now like he's pissed that he lost to uh to Giannis in that reward i mean Giannis is the regular season MVP. like you can't give it to someone in the playoffs right is that they're playing that well but you know lebron also had a good season too i understand why he could have thought he got it he has the confidence he has that ego but you know i think he's playing with a mission ad is playing insane right now like Stephen A. Yeah. was talking about in the last series, like, Stephen uh, Anthony Davis is playing, like, a Finals MVP. So he could have that kind of performance again, but even if he doesn't, he's still dominant. Uh, and then, obviously, you have the, you know, JaVale McGee in that starring lineup, KCP, uh, Danny Green. So
0: And then you can insert Dwight Howard in yeah. there when you need to, who's, exactly. another, who's another big bully. So, and down Rondo. Though.
1: Rondo's been playing well. I would have Rondo would be playing? And Caruso. 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 I don't know say say Yeah, I mean, just, like,
0: that... that 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 team is stacked. Yeah. To the t- to the t. Uh, if this team were to play Golden State, the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson era Golden State Warriors in the finals, I think it would have been. I think it would have taken eight games, dude. Screw a seventh game. That that would have taken <laughs> <eight> games <laughs> eight to decide. Seven
1: is not enough. It'd be a tie. Yeah, I would. But I, mean, I also Javale McGee was on that uh, Warriors team too. He was on that Warriors so, team. Yeah.
0: So, but you would just put, you know insert Dwight Howard. Yeah, know, who's who's yeah. in his own mind still a, still a very quality center. Yeah, you know, a He's body. Been playing on the like floor. it. Yeah. So, uh do you know this heat are the first five seed in NBA history to make it to the finals. It's crazy. That's absolutely insane. Just goes to show you how uh how inefficient the NBA playoffs is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that formatting. But uh uh they're they're going to the NBA finals for the first time um since 2006 without LeBron James because if you remember LeBron James took the heat to the finals four straight times from 2010 to 2014 uh and now LeBron is uh going and facing that squad here but now but the heat are without D Wade they're without LeBron they're without Chris Bosh you know that era is long gone yeah I think yeah
1: I think this is a chance for Eric Spolster to really get people to you know respect him more as a head coach because I even, even if they just win two games and they take it to six games to the uh, to the Lakers, mm-hmm. I think that I could really like raise his yeah. pedigree as a head coach because he's been with the program for the longest time, and he hasn't been given enough respect because the only time he's been to the finals is with LeBron, but now that he's made it back here with this ragtag squad of undrafted second round players like Jimmy Butler like didn't even play uh, at Marquette right out of high school, so. It's just the it's just a weird group to have to he took to the finals. It's really impressive in that itself. So if they could just get two games out of the Lakers and win it for the Heat, I, that would be surreal. I think yeah. he he deserves more praise. I'm already giving him more praise now, and the, I was one of those people in the fact that discredited him because I was like, oh, he's only won finals with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and like he's not a good head coach, but. Alas, he's proven that yeah, anybody, wrong. anybody so. can be a
0: good head coach with that with those guys. With All right, exactly.
1: Else. So that's why I was, it's, a, it's a common assumption. But, like, he's proven that wrong uh, this yeah. year, definitely. And
0: then you also have, you know, that same argument could go for a guy like Ty Lue, you know? Yeah. And, and if, when he's looking for a head coaching position, you know, he's
1: you know he's yeah, trying he to get anything. He got assistant coach with the, the Clippers. He got it with the
0: Clippers. But, you know, he uh, didn't want to go, you know, he didn't end up going to the Lakers where LeBron is the superstar. You know, he only went to the finals with LeBron as as the as the main centerpiece around him hmm. i really don't see a whole lot you know of 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 hope here for the heat especially going up against you know like you mentioned a bunch of second round undrafted guys and you know players who didn't you know play a whole lot in college you know yeah but Whatever. don't
1: discredit them though they've been playing oh without super a doubt well. they've, yeah. they're
0: the hot team right now yeah you know you give you know you you give the bucks the best team the best team the team with the best record in the uh, in the in the NBA this year, you take them five games to you know brush them off your shoulder. <laughs> hey man, oh, that's a scary that's a scary team. And you know what? This is where Eric Spoelstra actually has an advantage. He coached LeBron, you know.
1: Yeah, so he knows all his tendencies. He knows about LeBron. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, there isn't okay.
0: there. You know, obviously every coach in the NBA has faced LeBron at one point or another, but not all of them have had the pleasure. Of being his head coach. And I don't know the exact stat of the amount of times that LeBron has faced former coaches in the finals. It can't be very many because he faced Steve Kerr four times. He faced Pop, one of them. Um, and then also faced... I, I I don't know NBA head coaches that well. But, you know, this is a unique situation. Where if Spolstra knows something about LeBron... And something that, you know, not everyone else can pick up on that really can get into, you know, the king's head. Hey, man, you got guys on that squad that could really match up with LeBron. Well, one of them, I think, could be Jimmy Butler. Yeah.
1: And I think Spolstra is probably the best coach that has ever uh, coached LeBron, considering that he's taken him to more finals. They won more NBA finals with being a Heat member. And also he's proven the success that he still had without him. Uh, I think Frank Vogel is probably the second best, though. I think Vogel is a also a good coach. I think he has a, a great scheme, and he's obviously it's worked well for that team. He knows how to coach up two superstars. You've seen in the past with him when he coached a, the Pacers back in the day with Paul George and Roy Hibbert uh, and Lance Stevenson, all those guys. So mm-hmm. he knows how to win with superstars. Um, so I think Vogel is also a good coach. It's going to be interesting, but, yeah, I, I also am eager to see if uh, if is going to pull out some sort of uh, defense that could stop the King. He's done against most of the teams he's played against thus far. You saw it with the, the Bucks when he played a uh, uh, box and one in Giannis. You saw it against the Celtics when he played that 2-3 zone. Maybe there's something against the Lakers, too, that we don't know about. We'll have to, yeah. have to wait and see.
0: That's going to be an exciting series to watch. A, if you're not a basketball fan, A, you should be tuning in because... This is, you know, the destiny year for the Lakers. Kobe Bryant passes away in a tragic accident. Uh, you know, LeBron James proving all the naysayers wrong that he's washed up and he's no, and he's no longer putting up the numbers that he put up when he was with Miami and when he was with Cleveland. You know, you have that side of the story and then you just have this complete underdog stranger You know, what the hell are they doing here kind of people? How'd they get invited to this party uh, that really could give the Lakers fits? Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen because if you're betting, like I said, if you're betting against LeBron, you're in the wrong industry, pal. But (laughs) in this case, this is the most confident I am in a team that could beat LeBron that hasn't been Golden State.
1: Hey, game one tips off on Wednesday night, nine o'clock ABC. So go check it it out.
0: We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I'm going to be putting Eric Kerr on the hot seat because he, as as we mentioned earlier, he has just captured the position of junior class president here at Quinnipiac University. You are listening to 98.1 WQAQ. the music i wanted to intro us back in let's go it took me a little bit (laughs) it's been so long since i've sat behind this computer you know because we do all of our stuff pre-record now i can just edit everything in and post but you know i was a little rocky too you know for those of you who are listening you heard like three different songs before i finally got chris brown on oh geez it's okay we made it here we are you are listening to the mac and main show here on 98.1 wqaq this soundtrack at quinnipiac jack Maine and special guest eric kerr in the studio with you guys live this week for the first time all year uh we are super excited to be back on we're only gonna be on the air for another 10 minutes i'm actually going on tv tonight um, i'm going on q30 to talk about the nfl so this is really for my mom because i haven't told my parents yet so my mom and dad if you're listening right now tune in to q30 tv.com slash watch at 9 30 okay They didn't hear that, so I'm going to say it one
1: more time. Q30TV.com slash watch. You'll be able to see me on TV. I think that was a sneak promotion for yourself to say it twice. I also am directing that same show, (laughs) so I'll be there as well. (laughs) Eric's going to be in my
0: ear the entire time. Um, I'm going to have to figure out my mask. dude. My mask keeps falling down and i'm I'm gonna have to figure this out because it's not <laughs> i don't think going... you should wear your
1: mask over your eyes like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, man, that's my, not gonna help my mom made a bunch of these masks and the, the elastics just a little bit too worn out so it just falls down you know this entire show you guys can't see this but you know my mask just falls down and i have to pull it up every time and if i'm on tv doing that yeah, it's gonna be gonna a be really bad. bad look yeah so it's I not good figure this gotta out. figure it out yeah. um anyway let's get back to the show here so um, as you guys all know, on the Mac and Main Show, we're trying to expand off the world of sports a little bit. So uh, what happens other than sports? Well, obviously, real life happens. And that is where <laughs> Eric Kerr comes into play here. Because Eric Kerr for the—what was this? Was this your second attempt at president? No, so this
1: is the third attempt.
0: This was your third attempt at president. You know what they say. Third time's the charm. Eric Kerr has been elected junior-class president in uh, in his final run for SGA— Uh, It is super exciting to have him on and to have him uh, represent the junior class, which has been uh, a huge part of the Quinnipiac community in these four years that I've been here. They've done uh, a lot of great stuff. One of them was, you know, Alec Williams, uh, Caroline Mello, and now uh, Eric Kerr can can etch his name into the history books here. Um, Not that he already has it, you know, orientation (laughs) leader, Beta Theta Pi, you know, Q30, QESN, WQAQ, like just an absolute all around, you know, Stand-up guy, world talent, but uh, it's time to put him on the hot seat. Oh, It's time for us to to really talk about what change he can make for us moving forward. Uh, The big thing, obviously, this year, uh, if we were going to come back on campus in 2020, it was going to be uh, because everyone was going to follow a certain set of guidelines regarding the pandemic and COVID-19. When we got sent home in March, we all kind of thought that this may have been lifted by now. That is very much not the case. We are still in the heat of it. Uh, We still need to do our part. And Eric Kerr is going to be making sure that everybody stays on top of their game so that we can actually finish our semester here at the queue.
1: Exactly. And, you know, as the the president of the junior class, it puts me at a leadership position where, you know, I can uh, be that example and set that example for you guys as a role model. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know obviously being the guy that says like hey like pull your mask up as i'm telling jack to do in the studio I, right my now my
0: mask keeps falling
1: down <laughs> my mom made the elastic way too weak anyway uh also social distancing too obviously it is a little tricky i i'm not the best at it myself uh but we also got to make sure to keep of capacities and i know if i'm entering a room where there's you know only 14 people allowed i'm 50th person i'm like all right i don't need to be here right now i'll go somewhere else there's plenty of other open space on campus for me to and my work done or whatever I gotta do. I don't have to be in a the media suite, the SGA suite or whatever I usually go uh during the day. And also, as you guys may know, uh I did create a song about wearing masks and social distancing on campus called Mask On. So I think that was a step in the right direction before I even got elected as president to set those guidelines for everyone coming in so people can get an idea of the message of what Quinnipiac is trying to do to keep everyone safe. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to stay here. we, we all love Quinnipiac we're all bobcats in the same den and the best place, uh, best uh, way we're going to stay here at Quinnipiac this semester is to follow these guidelines, be smart, be safe, and otherwise there'll be consequences because I have heard that a few people that did not follow the, the social distancing guidelines were got sent home to do remote learning uh, yeah, for four weeks. So. That just wouldn't be fun. Yeah, so the University Code of Conduct is taking place, and they are serious about this, so don't be stupid, don't be dumb, wear your mask, be smart, and just... Live safe.
0: Yeah, that, it's a, it's, that's a great point because, you know, we want to be here as long as we can. We also want to have a great spring semester because, you know, in, uh, in, a, in a perfect world in a year from now, we would really be out of the out of the woods in terms of, you know, the, the big brunt of it. And maybe uh, we're, we're not going to endorse a politician on the show, but maybe a change in leadership uh, could <laughs> could potentially be the wake up call that, the, that that we need to, to get to get moving in the right direction. But uh, in terms of leadership here on campus, Eric is definitely one that is leading by example in terms of making sure that masks are being worn and those uh, guidelines are actually being enforced. You know, it's crazy to see right now. I think that Quinnipiac has done a terrific job so far. In making sure that we can be here, only one positive test out of almost eleven thousand tests insane that the that the school has conducted yeah crazy, crazy good numbers. The percentage is so low it's minuscule um and that one person we uh, as we understand is is recovering at home and they're asymptomatic and uh they uh, they lived off campus anyway so uh but in terms of being on campus, you know the school has been doing a great job. Uh, you know, I heard I you know, we, we we hear these stories all the time about schools down south that have closed because fraternities mm-hmm. wanted to have parties and kids wanted to get a bunch of people in their dorm and have concerts and have viewing parties for whatever it is. And now those schools are no longer uh, in on an in-person basis. I had friends who weren't even allowed to go back to school before school started up because they were too worried about the risk reward
1: yep my sister actually was also uh well she didn't uh get a test for covid recently but one of her roommates did have it and she also is living off campus with those roommates so and she also felt sick so more than likely she probably did have it um so you know everyone's just got to be 10 toes down and you look at all these other schools that are having these parties and trying to fit all these people in the dorm rooms. And I think Quinnipiac has done a good job to, to address those things from the RAs and from public safety. Uh More recently now, the start of it was a little rough, but it has gotten a little bit better, Um, you know, to try to prevent those things from happening from the get go. So then we don't make those same mistakes. And that's why we are sitting at one positive case right now, Jack. So
0: it is. And, and the school has done a great job, but moving, but you know, beyond the whole pandemic thing, we mm-hmm. do still have to operate here on a school and um, make sure the students do remain happy, exactly. no, matter, no matter how inconvenienced they are by wearing masks. <laughs> um, one thing that is a big part of every school is the dining options on campus. This year, dining's a little bit different. You know, you can order your food ahead of time. You can go and pick it up. Uh, and this year, also, the dining hours have shifted just a little bit uh, to a point where it's a little bit inconvenient for us. You know the fact that the that the calf closes at seven p m and
1: classes end at nine p m that's a little that's a little tough it is tough uh I have been hearing a couple you know uh d m s from a few people trying to get and use and other initiatives changed uh, for dining to try to prove their experience trust me i'm working on it i already have compiled a huge email of just all the things that get, and one of the things i did when i campaigned uh was you know, I asked people about what things that they had issues about with the semester and any sort of, you know, concerns, suggestions that I could you could make to me to help fix that. And part of it was obviously Q dining has always been a, a talk about from Quinnipiac about trying to, you know, find some solutions for it, things like that. And I think more than ever that the dining needs to be on top of their game because this is, you know, we're all living in at Quinnipiac during time of pandemic. Everyone needs to be fed, fed well so we can live happy, healthy lives. And I think I'm setting this as a major priority to try to get these things done sooner rather than later. So I compile all the issues and suggestions that you guys have. I put them all to list. I'm not going to read them all for the sake of time, but believe me, the hours on your kill are definitely in there. I think it's definitely ridiculous that the calf closes at seven uh, during the weekdays, uh, very very early. It doesn't just doesn't give people enough time to you know go get food because I know Jack and I were rushing into the studio to get our. Uh, lunch or dinner, I guess, for, for the show. And, you know, it definitely needs to be looked at as well. Uh, and there's a bunch of other things that could be looked at too, but yeah, we're definitely, I'm definitely looking to try to get that done sooner rather than later. I think I have a meeting set up hopefully with, with, uh, the VP of SGA tomorrow, Caroline Mello to discuss all these things that I do have before I send out this email, because I know there's a bunch of other senators and presidents and vice presidents also want to work on this too. So if we, if we want to just get all these issues kind of compiled together in one email, and send it to KU Dining's way. That's why it's not an influx of just multiple communications and of concerns. I think if just one email gets out there from all of our kind of concerns and suggestions, I think that'll be the best step to it, fix that.
0: It really would be, and and the ability for Quinnipiac to move in the right direct in the right direction, diction, Jack,
1: not Dic- the wrong direction, diction, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: just making the lives of the students a little bit easier. Because as you mentioned, there are classes that run. Until nine fifteen p.m. And, you know, having to either get dinner before that or after that is gonna become a challenge. Yeah. Off campus dining, there are options out there, but it's not, you can't ask everybody to be spending $20 a meal to go get, you know, pizza yeah. or something from Duncan. You know, that's just a little, you, you can't assume that everyone has that flux pile of cash waiting to be dove into you know, for, yeah. for, for meals off campus. But it, it is, you know, great ways that you have uh, kept the school on their toes. And, then, and one of your one of your favorite initiatives that I am a real big fan of, and I'm a fan of all your initiatives as your campaign manager, <laughs> but my favorite by far has been your plan to get more student jobs on campus.
1: Yes, exactly. And there have been people that have come up to me and said like, all oh, the on-campus jobs, like, it's very hard to access, especially... You know, There's a certain time where you can apply for jobs, but by the time that applications roll around, usually all the good ones are gone. By the time students get back on campus, everyone's applying super early to get all the good ones. Um, so obviously, I think the best solution is to you know try to find ways to create some more opportunities to be able to get that. And I have two major kind of ideas, but obviously, if you have more, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. But the two that I have are the first one being an FYS professor. As you know, they're a peer catalyst here at, at uh, Quinnipiac for the FYS program, the first year seminar classes, and their main job is to kind of assist the, the FYS professor and its students to kind of help them through the course. But what I'm thinking is that I'll, alongside being a peer catalyst, you could be FYS professor. It does two things. One, it creates a good opportunity, a good segue from being a peer catalyst, so it motivates people to stay within the program so they can teach a course if they want to, especially this helps people that want to you know, get into a teaching job after uh, their time at Quinnipiac, Just to, you know, continuing to get, like a student a little bit of increased wage through the peer catalyst program. And it also opens up more spots for people to be peer catalysts as well. So if you're looking for that kind of job too, that creates a great segue for that. The second idea is actually, this one is your favorite one, Jack, to have waiters or hostesses from the uh, IFB students uh, on the On the Rocks pub. Uh, Now, this one might take a little bit more while to do because obviously it's not open for this semester due to COVID 19. Uh, but this would be a good long-term initiative to look into before they even open it. So they don't have to hire Quinnipiac dining people to run as waiters and hostesses. They could just have students do it, obviously, of age. And it would be a great gig for upperclassmen because at that point, most of them are 21. So it would be a good opportunity for them to get into. Uh, and obviously, you know, why it would be so cool to work as a waiter up there, I feel like. So yeah. that would be another great job I, to get. I would def- yeah. I'm definitely,
0: if that happens, I will be the first applicant to do that job i worked at texas roadhouse when i was a senior in high school and while i absolutely hated my job at texas roadhouse it was mostly because of the people that were associated with that restaurant i really shouldn't have said that uh because i don't (laughs) want i don't want anyone getting mad at me they're not listening to it (laughs) yeah i I don't want anyone to get mad at me but Uh, i'm sorry but you know the type of you know the i you know the the uh, the way that uh, how do i (laughs) how do i proceed with this um it's the the aura of texas roadhouse i'll say it's very it's just not my taste you know I'm, i you know working as a bartender is something i would love to do yeah. or a bar back i love the show cheers yeah and sam malone is you know a sex icon in so many eyes but uh him you know like you know kids want to grow up and they want to be the, the man's man and that is what sam malone is and uh he was a bartender and and that is something that would just seem so cool
1: yeah i think that'd be a good segue to that kind of feel too if their inter- students are interested in that and also for a student going to like a on-campus public what would be a better vibe than to just have a student be your waiter have that student quinnipiac energy coming to serve you and mm-hmm. give you your drinks and all that stuff i, I think it'd be dope i think it'd be yeah, really it really be cool so those are the two initiatives I want to focus on first. I also want to advocate for uh, 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 other other initiatives for uh, – oh, my God, I'm blanking right now. I, it's been it's been a long one. Um, so that was uh, on-campus jobs and, in, oh, uh, intramurals recreation initiatives that I do want to get into too. But I want to focus on the on-campus jobs first. I think there's a bigger issue. Dying obviously is a big issue, but hopefully that one email mm-hmm. being sent out can solve more of those issues than not. So I'm trying to like make this kind of a big priority. Once this email sent out, I definitely want to start working on the on-campus jobs first, and then get to the other intramural integration initiatives I do have in mind. Yep,
0: and we're gonna continue to bring back uh, Albon Coffee because I yes, can't I know you're a big Albon Coffee guy. I can't stand Starbucks. Me, I have that in the email. I have I it in there. I cannot stand Starbucks. Anyway, I have it in there. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been great to be back in the studio for an hour.
1: Which it has been yeah i mean, I, Eric, I was glad i was glad that you invited me on i was like oh yeah, wow I, you know what it worked out
0: really well to where we only were able to do an hour show because i have to we, have, we both have to be at sports yes. <laughs> uh steve wasn't here uh we we wish him well with uh, steve if you're listening right now we, uh, hearts are out to you uh, as you attend to this uh as you attend to your family right now but um in the meantime guys if you are a fan please go follow us on twitter at mac and main go like us on facebook subscribe to us on youtube uh, and then also go check out our
1: blog on WordPress as well. And also go check out and one, go check out and one and one WQAQ on Twitter. Follow me at Twitter at Eric M. Kerr and also follow my Instagram at Eric 12. So you can check out all the things I'm doing for SGA or just the fun stuff in life. You know, that's absolutely right. So, guys, be sure to be back
0: here Monday nights at 8 p.m. here on 98.1 WQAQ. Eric, any last words?
1: uh nah just uh stay woke stay woke
0: (laughs) stay woke wear your mask don't sneeze in public and as always be back here mask
1: on mask always on
0: (laughs) as always be back here monday nights at 8 p.m you are listening to 98.1 wqaq